0: To me, that every single thing that I wanted in my life had to come after drinking. The drinking was beyond anything I could take care of. You know, people talk about a moment of clarity, and I thought, you know, of course, until I had one, I didn't think they were true. And it was for the first time I saw myself from the outside in stark reality, to being completely powerless over alcohol.
1: Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. Today is January sixteenth. We have Douglas Kay in to help us read the Daily Reflection. Share some experience, strength, and hope. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Would you start us off by reading the Daily Reflection for today?
0: Uh, My name is Douglas. I'm an alcoholic. This is Hitting Bottom. Why all this insistence that every AA must hit bottom first? The answer is that few people will sincerely try to practice the AA program unless they have hit bottom. For the practicing AA's remaining 11 steps means the adoption of attitudes and actions that almost no alcoholic who is still drinking can dream of taking. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 24. Hitting bottom opened my mind, and I became willing to try something different. What I tried was AA. My new life in the fellowship was a little like learning how to ride a bike for the first time. AA became my training wheels and my supporting hand. It's not that I wanted the help so much at the time, I simply did not want to hurt like that again. My desire to avoid hitting bottom again was more powerful than my desire to drink. In the beginning, that was what kept me sober. But after a while, I found myself working the steps to the best of my ability. I soon realized that my attitudes and actions were changing, if ever so slightly. One day at a time, I became comfortable with myself and others and my hurting starting to heal. Thank God for the training wheels and supporting hand that I chose to call Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Well, thanks for reading that. And uh, Hitting Bottom is certainly something that I, I can relate to. Tell me um, what about this resonates with you, and, and tell me a little bit about your program.
0: Hitting Bottom, uh, for me, was really a, a strange thing, because I had always considered myself an alcoholic, but I I didn't grasp the concept of powerlessness over my alcoholism. I knew that I liked to drink, and I drank more than everybody else. Uh, but it didn't occur to me that that meant I couldn't make decisions uh, without drinking. Uh, and just a quick story: I was, I was looking to change careers uh, about eight years ago before I got sober, and I had signed up, you know, with the last of my money to take this training course. It was like a three-day course. Uh, about an hour's drive away, and uh, I took the train out there. I was going to stay overnight at the hotel just so I could get up in the morning and be ready for this day. Um, But before I got on the train, I had to go to the liquor store and buy a bottle of vodka to take it with me to the hotel in case the hotel bar closed before I was done drinking because I wasn't familiar with where I was going, so I was – I was in an uncomfortable place and I needed to make sure I had the thing with me that was most important. So, you know, I drank that night and and, uh, woke up the next morning and I had some leftover beers from the night before on my um, hotel dresser. And so I'm drinking warm Amstel lights and doing shots of vodka at like eight o'clock in the morning before this thing, which was so important to me that I spent the rest of my money to sign up for and I spent all this time getting ready for it and um, it occurred to me that every single thing that I wanted in my life had to come after drinking that drinking was beyond anything I could take care of Um, you know people talk about a moment of clarity and I thought you know of course until I had one I didn't think they were true and I don't know what other people's experiences are with them but It was for the first time I saw myself from the outside in stark reality to being completely powerless over alcohol.
1: Do you feel like that was your bottom?
0: Oh yes. I, I'm, I didn't stop drinking that day. I didn't stop drinking that day, but, um, you know, it was only, it was only a couple of weeks until I I went to my first AA meeting and, um, so, when you asked me to talk about this today, I was thinking, like, you know, my friend who helped me get sober, and in fact, I had talked to him a few weeks before that incident and told him I thought I was losing control. And he asked me what I wanted to do about it, and he was sober, and I said, "Why don't we go to some of those meetings?" Now, I hadn't gone at that point uh, of the hotel thing, but um, you know, came around again, and we ended up going. But so. While he was first taking me my first few meetings, you know, he expressed to me that, you know, you don't stop hitting bottom until you stop digging. Now, why is the bottom important? Well, and, you know, if you look at a construction site, the first thing they do is they dig down. They dig down to get to the bedrock or they get to the, the layer where they start pouring the concrete. And that's the place where the rest of the building gets its strength. And so for me, I think about, you know, what if, what if I just magically woke up and, and, and just got sober and didn't have to do any of the work? I wouldn't have fixed a lot of the things that make my life now enjoyable, um, you know, from, working through the steps, identifying uh, a higher power that I could latch on to and get strength from, but also to see um, you know, my 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 faults, where my, my resentments come from, and how they correspond to my, my defects. And then later on looking at those in, in, in Stark reality with the people in my life. Like where did I hurt people because of my fears and then they became resentments, and 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 for instance, with my father, uh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was young. I won't go into the whole thing, but later on in my life, he came back and tried to be part of my life, and I pushed him out because of my resentments towards him when I was younger. Uh, and I spent a lot of time and energy doing that, and I hurt him on purpose. And getting sober and working through the eighth and ninth steps, I. We talked to my sponsor about it, and we put him down as a, as a way to um, – as a person I had to make amends to. And the amends wasn't so complicated that I had to fix, you know, 30 years of, of bad blood between him and I. But I had to start taking the steps uh, that I would with somebody that I cared about, to call them back, to make contact for holidays, to let them know how I was feeling, and so that building of that foundation with my father allowed me to learn a lot of things about how he viewed me and how much he tried to be in my life, even when I didn't know it.
1: So when, when you came into Alcoholics Anonymous, how long did you wait before starting the steps and getting a sponsor?
0: I was in AA for about three or four weeks, uh, going to meetings. I went to a lot of meetings the first 90 days, as people recommended. Uh, they said 90 meetings in 90 days, and I think I got 87 of those days I went to meetings. And, I, you know, I went to multiple meetings some days. Uh, and for the first week, it was my friend who in, introduced me to the program. And then after that, I met a lot of people uh, in the city I'm from. And luckily, there were plenty of meetings to go to. Uh, and so uh, I got to see a lot of the same people at different meetings. And so after about you know, two to four weeks, you know, it's probably three weeks. I asked somebody who I'd seen at multiple meetings, whose demeanor and peace of mind and concern for others uh, was something that I uh, was attracted to, and I asked them to be my sponsor. And so he was my sponsor for the first year. We started reading the book immediately, um, you know, within a week. So I would say within the first month, I got my sponsor, and we started reading the the steps.
1: Hmm. Did you try other ways to get sober prior to coming to Alcoholics Anonymous?
0: I had not tried to get fully sober. I never said to myself, I am going to get sober as a, as a way of life. I had tried, as I think a few people have tried, to prove to others and to myself that I wasn't an alcoholic by not drinking for a finite period of time. And and the finite period of time that I imagined was important was two weeks. I'm not sure where I got that that value from, but I said, I will not drink for two weeks. And I gave people an excuse. I was doing it for my health. And after about 10 days, uh, I started drinking. Mm. I figured 10 days is nearly 14 days. So that counts. double digits. Uh, And that was the only time I I tried to get sober. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. That's actually not true. I started drinking when I was really young in the grade school and I stopped drinking in eighth grade uh, because I was going into high school and I had to be serious about life. Mm. Uh, But I didn't consider getting sober uh, because I didn't consider myself an alcoholic at the time, obviously, because I was in eighth grade. It's not that you can't be, but I just, I just saw it as like a, uh, a moral choice at that point Mm. and not a, uh, A necessity of my life to get sober
1: Mm -hmm. that's an interesting concept and i think so many of us um, i'll speak for myself Um, i certainly had the ability at times early on in my drinking career to to stop for short periods of time but i always ended up going back to it but i felt like i had that decision do you you ever feel like maybe you crossed a line where you lost the ability to to choose not to drink
0: I'm i'm from new jersey And, uh, you know, the joke about New Jersey is what exit are you from on the turnpike? (laughs) And I just remember, you know, many times, you know, you're driving with other people and they don't know where they're going and they pass the exit and you don't realize until you get to the next one. That's how I think of my drinking Mm. and the point at which I could have gotten off was in the rearview mirror a long way before I even realized I'd passed it. Mm, yeah uh, so anytime I think of that like that point of no return, it, it was way behind. yeah, when I realized it. <laughs>
1: I relate I think that's a good way to look at it.
0: Yeah, I, th- I got sober in 2013. I think probably the point of no return was probably to- 2009, 2010, where I switched from you know, joyful, happy, party drinking to drinking out of anger and spite.
1: The reflection talks about realizing at some point that your attitudes and actions were changing. How long after you started to work the steps and you had a sponsor and you were going to meetings, did you start to recognize that you were changing?
0: People noticed that I was physically changing, that I started looking physically healthier because I had been uh, bloated and I had some small health issues related to drinking a lot. Um, So, Other people noticed that in me before. Uh, I remember distinctly around five months I was having dinner with my mother at a restaurant, and uh, she said to me, you seem really calm lately. And that was sort of the first time I realized, like, oh, there's a significant enough change in me that, that people who know me really well can see it in my attitude towards life. That I'm not sort of – when I was drinking – Every morning I would get up and there would have to be something external that I would have to, to get into me or get for me to make me feel better. Whether it, was, whether it was drinking, whether it was sex, whether it was money, there was something outside of me that I needed to feel whole, even if for a little while. Uh, and I also suffer from depression. And so I, you know, I always had this issue of just not feeling good about life. And when people said they were just happy to be alive, I just didn't believe them. Uh, you know, at some point, maybe six, seven months, in, I was walking down the street, looking around, and it was the first time in 32 years of my life that I felt actually happy to just be alive. And uh, it was a, a profound feeling because I had never had it before, and I also didn't believe that other people had it either.
1: So at that point, do you feel like you started to feel just comfortable with who you are and and uh, comfortable with yourself?
0: Yeah, it took me a while. My job before quitting drinking was actually being a, a wine steward and a sommelier and a server in fancy restaurants. Uh, and I had been doing that for 10, 15 years. And so a lot of my identity was tied up with drinking, going out to eat, being the life of the party, sort of the bon vivant style. Without that, I had to stop and, and rethink, like, well, what is Douglas if he doesn't drink and he doesn't party and he doesn't stay out late? Like, what can I rebuild this in a new way? And so we talk about hitting bottom and building a foundation. And in sobriety, I learned, like, the difference between me thinking I'll be dead by 30 because I'm drinking myself to death and me after 30 thinking, well, now I need a second plan because I'm still alive, I'm sober, and I'm bored and I don't know who I am. So I'll just start thinking about things and trying stuff. I learned how to bake bread. <laughs> I changed careers. And now it's, it's more of... Even if I can't figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life, I can go for something, try it for as long as I like. And if I don't like it, that's, that doesn't keep me from being a whole person anymore. Just because I'm not a fancy wine person anymore doesn't mean I'm not a perfectly good person.
1: Now that you're working the program, um, there's obviously steps that we, that we work every day. Um, Do you feel like there's elements of the program that that help you to continue in this journey every single day?
0: The one thing, and I think, you know, we talk about this the spiritual condition, the fitness of my spiritual condition every day. It's a constant resetting of what my expectations are, what my goals are, to things which are within a 24-hour period. And so... If I had a terrible day yesterday, if I had I mean yesterday was good, but if I had a terrible day yesterday, or if this morning was terrible, it's not gonna last forever. I can start again either right now or I can start again tomorrow morning. And my I have a finite set of goals. I you know, I have the daily things in life, but I also have to stay sober, help another alcoholic, and sort of become the idealized version of myself. what would I want someone else to be if they were playing me in a movie? You know, like then I can just start aiming for that. I could be whatever I want. Do I want to be, you know, a selfish prick who doesn't care about other people? Or do I want to start my day thinking about how can I be sober? How can I practice these principles? And it's not gonna be forever, it's just gonna be till, you know, eleven o'clock, midnight tonight, and I can do the best I can. So that allows me a constant refresh.
1: How do you work with other alcoholics?
0: I have a sponsor and I have a few sponsees. Obviously we're in a pandemic right now. So there's not a lot of meetings in person, but you can still greet the newcomer. And even in zoom meetings, we have ways of doing that, uh, reaching out through email or whatever, but greeting the newcomer is sort of the place where it becomes the rubber meeting uh, hitting the road because you can see them as you were. And you can also think about the people who greeted you and thought, let's welcome this person and so i think about my my friend who helped me get sober i think about my first sponsor I think about you know my first service task which was greeting people at the door which having worked in the restaurant business for 15 years was something that felt very comfortable to me make people feel like this is home to them when they come in and then as you see them come in and you see them get sober uh, it reminds you that this has power and You see those people after a few months, you start chatting to them, say, how's it going? Are you working with a sponsor? If not, here's a few people I know. Even if you don't want to work with somebody right now, let's just go get coffee. And a lot of the people I've ended up working with were people I just took out for coffee a few times. And they were too damn lazy to get a sponsor. And I was like, (laughs) okay, well, I'm your sponsor until you find another one. Either you're happy to work with me. Or you're so frustrated with me, pick somebody else. So it's a win-win. And so I think just that that personal connection, and just allowing people to know that like you were in that place, I was in that place, um, and that things can change, and to see other people change is a little easier than to see yourself change. Uh, and so I think greeting the newcomer, you know, on their first day, and then seeing them when they get their year is a, is a constant reminder to us that oh, damn, I was like that and I changed. I can still continue to change.
1: So if you had to give some advice to maybe a newcomer's listening to this, um, what kind of words of advice do you have for them?
0: The biggest mistakes in my life were when I thought I could do things on my own. When I was 14, I went swimming uh, and I had been swimming a lot and me and my friend went down the shore and the riptide was too strong and I got pulled out and I was losing my strength and I had to wave my arms and ask for a lifeguard to help me. In my depression, I tried to commit suicide. I had to go to an outpatient facility and I had to accept help. And then still, in my alcoholism, it took me many years to realize that I needed help. And so while I was lucky in all of those things, as soon as I started to accept help, things started to get better. As soon as I started working with my sponsor, I saw that things could get better. And they got better a lot faster with somebody helping me than on my own. And so I I just think, like, people say meeting makers make it. Go to a lot of meetings. You go to a lot of meetings not because the meeting is the thing which helps you survive. It's the people there you connect with who talk about exactly what you're going through, what they did. And that's also where you meet your sponsor. It's where you meet people to get into service with. And it's where you see other people thriving by using this program. And I think, I think that's, that's the best thing about meetings is whether online or in person.
1: That's so important. So the concept of hitting bottom, there might be people that are maybe on the fence about taking the drastic step of coming into Al- Alcoholics Anonymous because maybe they feel like they haven't hit that bottom. Do you think it's, it's absolutely necessary to feel like you've, you've hit your total bottom?
0: I don't know. What I tell my sponsees who are starting to work with other people, like they've, they're getting sponsees of their own, is that in the, the 12th step discussion in the big book, it talks about reaching out to people. This is a seed that we're planting. I don't call 911 every day, but I know what to do when I need it. I know how to dial that number. I don't need to go to the hospital, but I know where it is. If you don't think you're at your bottom, but you think maybe one day you might, come to a meeting, stay for the whole hour, don't. But you know where it is now. And you you know a little bit about what's going on. And so I think just, just having that seed planted that you're not alone. When you're ready to come full time, ready to come for a little bit, whatever. As long as you know where it is and who those people are. And I know plenty of people who came for one time, didn't see them again for a year and a half. Then they showed up and they stayed sober for many years.
1: Anything else you want to uh, tell the audience before we wrap things up?
0: I am so lucky that when I needed it and I was willing to ask for it, the help was there. Where there was my friend, who I'd worked with for many years and been sober. We never really discussed sobriety before I needed it, and turns out, a block away from where I worked, there was about six meetings. So I didn't realize how helpful all of these things could be until I made myself available to them, and I'm just grateful.
1: Well, Douglas, thanks so much for taking the time to share your experience, strength, and hope. Thank you for asking. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We've put a Patreon page together. This will help us keep the show going. If you want to donate, your donations would be gratefully accepted. We don't make money on the show. It does cost money to put together. You can find that at patreon.com slash daily reflection. That's patreon.com slash daily reflection. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.